0: Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run.
1: Running was an outlet for me
0: to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of An Irishman Running Abroad. It's me, Jarlath Regan, as usual. It's Sonia in Australia. Hello, Sonia.
0: Good morning. <laughs> good, mor- good morning, Europe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, form or how you hold yourself when you run is a truly deceptive thing, as we all know. In your mind, you might think that you're channeling Sanyo Sullivan or Mo Farah. But to the outside world, you might look like Phoebe and Friends or Moss from the IT crowd. But form isn't about looking the part, is it, Sonia? The real reason for giving some thought to the physical dynamics of how you run is that a poor form can cause all manner of repetitive strain injuries, muscle aches, and ultimately could even cut your running life short. It's a pretty serious topic, Sonia, really, isn't it?
0: Um. Yeah, so running form is something that, you know, you don't really think about when you you start out running particularly when you're new to running the temptation is to lace up the shoes and to get out there and run as fast as you can as far as you can and oftentimes coming home a bit slower than you set it out at the start of your run so yeah to, i suppose to help avoid that is to to think about your running mm. and it's it's not just about you know going fast or far, um, but how you're doing it. And, you know, that's it can be very complicated and very detailed. (laughs) In (laughs) fact, I have a whole book about it here (laughs) that I was having a quick scan through today. Well, before we get into that,
1: today on the show, we will be looking at that book, Chi Running, to to look at and analyze and look to change or improve your form and take some of your questions. And finally, we'll discuss our upcoming event on December 19th as part of the Irishman Running Abroad Challenge for our chosen charity partner, Jigsaw.ie, which I have to say, Sonia, had two substantial donations this week from Emma Regan and Eugene Leonard. Big shout outs to both of you and to everyone that signed up already for the the event. It's easily going to be our biggest event as the club grows now towards 600 members to start with it has been freezing sonia <laughs> you were saying to me when we came on that oh it's been a little bit cold here let's compare it relatively <laughs> uh this morning when i got out of bed and i thought about well i lash out here and get my easy 35 done it was minus three degrees what what is it where you are
0: Oh yeah, no, it's twelve. So I think yeah, it's it's all very relative. I think when you get a taste of thirty degree days though, you're kind of twelve can feel cold. But no, I'm not complaining. I'm not I'm not complaining (laughs) And and I try not to wear too much clothes when I go out because I know I will warm up pretty quick here so i can imagine you're wearing the gloves and the hat maybe over there uh,
1: you know i actually have been trying to take your advice in terms of not over layering I, I do remember being at the melbourne comedy festival with des bishop and jason byrne and we were both all of us were killing ourselves laughing because this was like easter time <laughs> and uh they, <laughs> The weather did change, like it does, it seems like you said, like the sun dropping out of the sky in Australia, it changes quite suddenly season to season. But people were walking around Melbourne like they were on the cover of a Perry Como Christmas album. (laughs) <laughs> we were just in fits going what is going on lads with scarves on and i mean it was 17 degrees outside <laughs> we like, this is insane i i think the urge is to go right we discussed last week about gifts for christmas the urge is to go oh hat snood gloves uh even mikey when i took him out was like my my legs are cold i'm gonna sound like i'm i'm torturing him now but really, the, the the lesson learned the hard way is that if you over layer it, that is the worst possible position to be in on a, any kind of length of a run in the cold. Loads of people have been asking, Sonia, how do you motivate people to get out when it is that bitterly cold and the bed is so warm?
0: Um, Well, I think, you know, I suppose the best thing to do is to have a plan and have, you know, to know what you're going, what you've got lined up for yourself a week in advance and, you know, to have your training, I suppose, on Sunday night, ideally, and then also look at the weather and mm. see you know when is the best days to be trying to run fast and it is a time of year when you can juggle the days around a bit and you know if it if there's a day off and the weather looks better then i'd switch the day off to to the to the worst day but i think you know when you have a plan and a target in your mind it's a lot easier to you know to get up and do it, mm. no matter what the weather and and to be prepared, I think, you know, yeah, I think yeah. if you're prepared for the weather and you dress for it, then it's never as bad as if you just kind of open the door and you're in your shorts and T-shirt and, you know, there's a gale force blowing in 100%. and you're shivering.
1: A hundred percent. And I really do feel that the December events and the monthly Irishman running abroad events have helped a lot of people. I'm getting an awful lot of messages saying that, The podcast itself, the chats and the little bit of an old target at the end of the month is, as you said, giving people a purpose and a plan to get through these difficult months. And that's what you said to me in July was if we can get people on the road in September, then we can get them through those hard months. One one message I did receive that I do need to give a very special shout out to, and it relates to what we're about to talk about in form was from Bernard Slowly. Jarleth, good one for the question time with Sonia. My brother shared this with me from a friend of his, and you can see it in our Strava running club. Bernard's post is right there in the group. It's strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishmanabroad. The photo is a list of potato pickers from August 1982 in Cove. One of his (laughs) sisters... is on the list and someone else is on the list Sonia O'Sullivan future I who that would be <laughs> future Olympic medalist and world champion it's highlighted at number 30 so Bernard's question is does potato picking at an early age develop the core strength for an Olympic medalist runner and if so I might need to send my son home to Ireland for it once he gets old enough. <laughs> what do you reckon <laughs> Thanks, Bernard
0: I, I think I did I think I probably did well to get away with you know not creating li- lifelong injuries from lifting the weight of those potato bags yeah I mean, um, it, is, it was hard work I think it it definitely um, built a bit of uh, strength and endurance there to be out there picking potatoes, sometimes up to 12 hours a day.
1: Whoa, whoa, what? 12 hours a day in 1982. What age were you? So,
0: 1982. 12 and a half. Yeah, so I would have been just at the end of primary school. 12 and, and a half. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I get 12 yeah. hour days. <laughs>
0: I know, but it, not every day. Just you know, if the weather was good, you had to keep picking, you know. And um, and then we were motivated by the cash
1: as well. What was the cash? I remember picking strawberries in Newbridge uh, and nearly breaking my back doing that as well. What was what was the the daily rate there?
0: Um, we were getting paid twenty twenty pence and around twenty to twenty five pence per bag for a twenty five kilo bag. Oh man! Um, so it would take you four or five. Big bags of potatoes to get one pound. Oh my god! But, <laughs> but we ch- but we chose to do it. You know, we loved it, <laughs> we, and we we actually uh, we fought to get on the van. You know, <laughs> you you could get turned down. You know, if you weren't. If you weren't strong enough.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Different times, Sonia, different times. This is this is our uh, form episode of an Irishman running abroad. And I'm delighted that we're going to get into this because it is one of those more. I guess the difficulty with this, Sonia, is that for. For you, as you've said to me in text, you speak the language of running in your sleep. And when we amateurs, uh, fun runners, whatever you want to call yourself, go to people who regard this as basic, sometimes you can get a, a little bit of kind of dismissive response, you know, that just do this, just do that. Whereas some people will actually struggle with this, in, in myself included, that feeling of This isn't what running should look like. Am I doing something wrong? Am I just not running fast enough to have good form? Am I going to just be a short stepper all my life? I'd be interested to get an idea of you. Is this something that you get asked about a bit and what's your general response, bearing in mind that, you know, for you, it probably is the most basic thing?
0: Well, it is. But then at the same time, I suppose when I started out running, we didn't really focus too much on form. And, you know, if you read anything, they say that kids, when they start running, they have a very natural ability to run. Mm. And then I suppose it's how you develop that over time. And, you know, you can get away with it for a long time. I see a lot of, you know, top athletes these days and they work really hard on the core and drills and different kind of activation exercises to help them to develop better running form but also to activate the muscles the smaller muscles that really help to carry the big muscles mm. and you know that probably stop you from getting tired sooner Um, so, uh, you know, there's been a lot of development, you know, down through the years and how important these drills and exercises are. Mm. And they're, I mean, typically when I was at the track, you'd see a lot of sprinters and field eventers doing these exercises. You know, they tend to sit around and take their time and they're never in any rush. So they would always be up to these exercises. So, you know, it was always kind of a thing if you had a question about, drills in your warm-up you might go and ask the um the sprinters and um, get a little bit of advice from them but generally distance runners didn't do that and whereas now I suppose as I've got older and you know I find it a bit difficult to run fast uphill I quite struggle going up hills and I think it's something to do with the power to weight ratio so your your power in your legs isn't as strong as it used to be. So then you have to use those muscles that have weakened over time and try and make them stronger so that they can help to get you up the hill. Maybe not faster, but a bit better <laughs> as, as the years go on.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, that's a really interesting admission as well on your part, that there are things in all of us that are going to be a little bit weaker. And I think that... Often, if you are a desk person, which unfortunately I am, I desperately love to get a stand up desk because I can feel myself crooking and it's so important to to. And now we all feel this urgency to be at our desk as long as we can. And for some of us, the run in the day is actually the only time when you're not like seated, long term. And I think that the there's evidence out there to say that the core is the thing that suffers there. It's all hunched over. If you even just take that position right now, you can feel that the part of your body that's truly at rest when you're sitting are those abdominal muscles. So then when you go to run, I'm just saying this from personal experience, and you see a photo of yourself, you're so conscious that actually I'm not I haven't got that activated, as you say, to use your word, that isn't activated. And it feels like, from my perspective, I can't picture a time when it can become activated. Can you talk to us to start things off with that idea of activating that core or midline and how, answer me this, is it possible to retrain it after all these years to do something that it maybe has never done
0: it's definitely possible to retrain it and i think it's a it's a kind of a waking up as well it's a waking up of the muscles that you know if you've been sitting down or if you've just got up in the morning that you know you're going from zero to 60 sometimes and it's how you wake those muscles up before you go out there and demand them to give a hundred percent and i don't know if you experience sometimes if you go out the door and you feel like you're hobbling along You know, Mm. if you run down to the traffic light or to the first road crossing and then then you can stop and stretch and then you get going again. So you kind of need to build in a little bit of a warm up into your before you head out. And even a few of these kind of activation exercises to do before you start running um, things to get your your hips moving and your glutes, your hips, your glutes, your calf, your around your ankle joints just to kind of wake them up and give them a little bit of a shakeout before racing out the door. And the the problem is, you know, we're all under pressure for time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, sometimes if you're in a rush, you think you have to run faster. And sometimes you just have to slow down a bit. And, you know, the, the poor running form leads to, and it's a combination of poor biomechanics as well, which is how you carry yourself. And a lot of people, you know, particularly now, um, a lot of people who go for a run, they're interested in more than just going for a run. They actually want to feel good when they go for a run. And they will sometimes go and have an assessment and see, you know, how am I running? How is my form? Which muscles are weak? Maybe one side of their body might be weaker than the other. And to get an actual program of exercises to help you to build up the weak muscles. Because when they get weak, you know, it's, it's a little bit like if you had your your leg in a cast, if you broke your leg and then you take it off after six weeks and your muscles, they just kind of fade away. Mm. And that happens, you know, as you get older and you don't use your muscles, they tend to fade away. And so it can take a bit of time and effort to really build the muscles up, to have the strength and the flexibility to really kind of push you on in your running and to to feel good.
1: Let me ask you there, because I'm sure there's people saying this as they listen. Who does such an assessment? Where should I go? This isn't an athlete's foot job. This is actually, I assume, needing to go to some sort of a gym, uh, somebody with expertise in, in this area. And obviously in the current unprecedented situation, that might be trickier. But who is that person that would carry out such an assessment?
0: Well, I think generally people find these people when they're injured and, you know, then they have to build back after an injury. But you could probably, they'd be called a biomechanist would be the name of a person or a, a physical therapist. They could be, a, I don't know what you'd call it, a trainer in a gym, like somebody who just is into the movement of the body. And mm. But I think... You know, word of mouth, you need to ask around and ask people who are local. And that's generally how you find good people like that. Like in Ireland, I could pick out a handful of people to (laughs) go to. Yeah, Um, but your local
1: running club would probably have someone that they prefer to send people to.
0: Yeah, it's not something, you know, that you want to, you know, make a big effort to fly somewhere and get this all analysed when Mm. you'd be better off going somewhere local get someone to have a look at your running form somebody who knows a lot a bit about you know proper sprint training i would think you know and the the movement of the body there is running coaches out there i know one time i went to a class with katrina mckiernan it was a it was one of these chi running classes Mm -hmm. and it was very interesting because a lot of when you go to a class like that and that's just one variation of this The first thing that you're told to do is to slow down and you break down the running movement. So you break down your actual stride and you try and improve the different sections of it. And it can sound very complicated and difficult, but two of the things that I took from it, and I got the book and read the book as well, and I used it when one time I was injured for a long time and I just got sick of it. And I thought, no, I'm going for a run here now. And the thing that I had to tell myself was to pick up your feet. So when you go for a run, instead of just running along, that you actually forget about how you feel, you forget about, you know, how slow you're going and how hard it's feeling. And you just think about picking your feet up off the ground. And as soon as you start to do that, you feel lighter. And it's quite difficult to do it for a full run, but if you ever feel yourself kind of kind of nearly sitting down when you're running Mm. and then you kind of get yourself to stand up tall and to run tall and to look you know focused ahead and picking up your feet and then also to engage your mind so you get your mind to think about what, what you're doing and the combination of you know your mind and telling your body what to do and kind of visualizing the movement of running a bit like riding a bike that you're not just pushing down the pedals. You're not just landing on the ground, but you're actually pulling it up as well. So you're going around in a circle rather than taking steps and, you know, finding it hard work. And, you know, I suppose the, the stepping and the, um, you, I mean, you mentioned cadence to me one time before Mm. and, It's kind of to me cadence. I would prefer to think of turnover, and the the turnover of your steps. So the the kind of what would you call it? It's kind of the rhythm, I suppose, the rhythm of your steps. Yeah, yeah. And um, so the better you can become at that, then the better you'll feel. And you just every now and then you have to remind yourself of it. Like I always feel if I go if I go for an easy, slow run, you can often feel like it's hard work. But then the next day you could go to the track and do a session. And because all of a sudden your mind is thinking, oh, I've got to go at this pace and I've got to run tall and I've got to really try hard here. You start running with a whole different form and Mm -hmm. you carry yourself totally different. And I think the problem people run into is that you can't run with that form for a long time. And so if, if you're doing an interval session, you're doing it for a few minutes and then you're stopping and then you're going again and you're stopping and you're going again. So a lot of it can come down to repeating the amount of running that you do and the different types of running sessions that you do over time. Okay. And and you just eventually you just get better at it from doing a lot of it and a lot of repetitive same stuff over and over again.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is uh, you've kind of hit the nail on the head there, Sonia, because I think that for a a lot of people have attempted to improve their form uh, some evening, they've gone out and been like, I'm going to try and imagine a thread is lifting my chest up, keep my head down, tilt my hips and lean a little bit into this. And sure, that just ends up being one run where you did something weird and then you revert back to whatever it it was you were doing the next time you are trying to, you know, beat your 5K time. And I think everyone listening to this can understand how making it your normal is the challenge, making it the rather than the exception to the rule Let it be the rule is really where the challenge is. And this book you mentioned by Danny Dreyer, Chi Running, it comes from a guy who studied Tai Chi and had his injuries from running and wondered if he could incorporate those teachings into his running. Now, there are videos of this available on YouTube. You can easily access it. I haven't got the book yet. You and Katrina McKiernan obviously attended a class. Was that with Danny himself?
0: Um, well, Katrina, she actually hosts these classes in Ireland, so oh. I'm sure a number of our listeners probably have been to one of her classes. Oh, she's a full convert. Oh, she's a um, she's a chi running instructor.
1: Right. Yeah. So, so walk and us through it. Well, well, tell me what like I understand there's five tenants essentially. So maybe take us through what you remember of it and what maybe the book. Kind of teaches people without us having to go into a deep dive, a general overview, so that the listeners might think to themselves, "Well, maybe this is what I need."
0: Well, it is really about you know thinking about your running form as much as doing it. You know, and, and I suppose you take days when you go for a run and you forget about the pace that you're running, and you think about how you're actually running. And there's a there's a kind of a forward lean is good, and you roll into your running. And you pick your feet up. And I think that's the, the t- there's just a couple of things that I remember. And I, I actually tried it today when I was coming back from my run. I stopped my watch at the traffic light and I thought, right, I'll just try and do this now on for the last few hundred meters home. And I I automatically did feel a little bit different. So, um, you know, it's like you, you you do it and then you put it aside like a lot of things. But I think sometimes when you rem- remind yourself of these things that worked in the past, then it can help you to feel better. And, you, you know, I think it's just you have to find a way to feel better and to try and make yourself feel better. And I said the thing with the lower limbs, <laughs> the lower part of your leg, it should always be a bit loose. Like you should never have any pressure or tension, tension on there. Mm. When, you, when you lift up your leg, it should be just floppy and then you just flow forward. But there's a lot in this book. I mean, it's very hard to break it down into, you know, something that someone could go out and try today, but it would definitely be worth having a look online and get an idea for people who are interested Absolutely. Of, about it and about running form. And then, you know, that's it's a very detailed, you know, breakdown of your running. And I remember when I was at this class that Katrina had, like people, they start to get impatient because they feel they've come to this running class because they think they're going to learn how to run faster. Mm. But they forget that, you know, you'll you you you'll eventually run faster or you run better and you'll run pain free or with less pain. But it takes quite a bit of practice to kind of change the running style that you've had for a long time into something that may be a bit transformative and may give you a better outlook or feeling from your running but it's definitely something that takes patience and time to to evolve with Um, but I think you know if you are out running and you have any aches and pains for me I find things like this it's a distraction for you to think about you know how you're running and you know try to I suppose take your mind away from where the aches and pains are coming from.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, the the website is uh, Chi Running c h i running dot com and the cell is like it's a good cell uh so if you want to check it out, they say running doesn't need to be difficult or hard on your body. the problem isn't running it's the way you're running, and at the heart of the technique is running with a strong core and a relaxed body, which reduces overuse and impact injuries. Chi running shows you all the steps you need to get there i mean That's something we all need, and that's something that probably scares an awful lot of people off running. Uh, So check it out. I, I have, as I said, a lot of questions to get through. Some really interesting ones and some coming in on Instagram. I'm, of course, on Instagram. So is Sonia, here's the one that that stood out. So Rona Dempsey messages us to say, hi, Jarleth, I'd be interested to hear Sonia's experience of running while pregnant and postpartum. I know she once won the Ballycotton 10 while pregnant. Absol- <laughs> absolutely living legend, she says here, and would love to know how pregnancy, childbirth, being a mom impacted her running. Please. Had my first baby six months ago. Congratulations, Rona. And really enjoying the podcast as I run around on my return to running. Thanks a million, Rona. What do you reckon, Sonia?
0: Wow, that's a that's a big question. (laughs) Um, So I think, you know, at the time when I was training while I was pregnant, I, I lowered the intensity a lot and I just ran a lot. So I used to run twice every day and do track sessions. And so as the time went on, I started to just go for one run in the day and I would go for 90 minutes. Right. So I was, I suppose what I was really doing was I wasn't, I didn't view it as training. I know I did. I was training probably up until the Valley Cotton (laughs) 10, I think I ran around in about 55 minutes or something like that. and.
1: Jesus. There must have been a bit of fear there as well, that like, <laughs> like, is this, I don't know anything about this. I mean, is this something that is recommended or not recommended? Like, was was there anybody warning you off doing that?
0: No, but I think what I was advised and there was very little information out there at the time. There's quite a bit more now if you do a bit of research and there's a few books that some athletes have written and some, yeah, mainly athletes and There's a lot more research being done into it because, of course, there's been a lot more athletes who have had children and, I suppose, trained through it and then come back and competed at a very high level. So I was told that it's okay to keep doing what you normally do as long as you don't push yourself too hard. Because if you back then, so that was in the the late 90s and into 2000. Some of the invites said that you shouldn't get your heart rate above 140 beats per minute. Now, if I stood up and walked up the stairs, my heart would go up to 140. So, you know, that wasn't much use to me. So I, I did find a book. And, you know, you always go and you find what you want to hear yeah. <laughs> and so you can do stuff. And I eventually found a book. And in there it said that you could operate at up to 85% of your normal training rate and you know you just had to listen to your body and be aware and so I always felt I was I was never pushing myself that hard I can remember being up the track and running some 200 meters with Alana Meyer and you know normally I would sprint away from Alana because she was more a longer distance runner and uh, she's a Olympic silver medalist from South Africa over the 10,000 meters and um, I was just cruising along but I You know, I'd come into the straight and instead of really going for it, I would just hold back. And it was like you were holding the reins and just not letting yourself free. So, yeah, I mean, I look at my training diaries from those days and I do it. It it amazes me (laughs) what I did do. Mm. But, you know, it was it was what I did, you know, so it wasn't any different. And I think for anyone listening who is pregnant, and training, I think, you know, if you continue to train or to exercise, you know, every day, then you don't notice a difference. But mm. if you take a bit of time off, and then you try and start back, then you notice a difference. And it's quite hard. So you don't notice yourself gaining weight or your body changing dramatically, if you continue to do similar exercises. So I, I, I change things around and You know, there was a point came and running wasn't comfortable. So I didn't run, I went in the gym, and I went on the exercise bike. And I continued to lift weights and, you know, just mainly just maintain fitness, I think was Mm. the kind of aim.
1: And tell me this, because obviously Rona's question does relate to something that uh, more people can relate to than what you're talking about there, because there's plenty, uh, not very many of our listeners are competing at that level or feeling that urgency to keep fitness up for their living. You you know, Rona's second part of her question is about afterwards. What was it like afterwards and I mean, did you did you worry at all that you could do yourself some damage or that your fitness may not return to the level it was?
0: No, I I didn't worry about it. No, I I think the main thing for me was that I didn't put on too much weight. And I suppose you surprise yourself at how much weight you can lose so quickly once the baby is out of you (laughs) and then you can actually focus on yourself. So I did, I suppose I was out walking a lot and then walking and running and gradually building up to, you know, an hour run. So I started off just walking and then adding in walking and running for 30 minutes and then up to 45 and then so but every time I was out, I was probably outside for an hour exercising and then I just gradually filled that hour with more running time than walking time until I felt... You know that and that was that was actually a time when you know you felt like you had to really carry your body properly and that is probably where one thing that I did feel a bit strange about was that you didn't feel like you could carry your body as I used to because a lot of the joints were still a bit loose and so that's where I had to do a number of core exercises to build up my strength around my hip and glute area which you know at the time would have been prone to falling down you know you kind of you just feel like you're running low to the ground rather than being able to run tall which you know is what you try and get people to do is that you run tall and so then you float along the ground rather than kind of plodding or you know really hitting the ground hard.
1: Absolutely. Okay. well, look, uh, if you want to hear more about running while pregnant, there is, as far as I can see, a brilliant podcast about that specifically. It's episode six of the Love of Running podcast, and it's a 40 minute deep dive discussion into that specifically. We have a ton of questions to get through from people like Dermot O'Driscoll, Fergal Burke, Seamus McIntyre, Fiona Shields, Ian O'Brien, Simon Moore, Declan Keogh. That question that Ian O'Brien asks, and this is, of course, all in the the Strava running club for Irishmen running abroad is as I'm 47 year old runner. Isn't it too late to change my form? And I guess that does relate back to something that a lot of people kind of throw their hat at this and go, "Ah, look, I run the way I run. And sure, look, I'm getting where I'm going. But the thing that I found from looking at the chi running stuff was that even a small uh, bit of attention paid to this, Sonia, would you agree? can help you run a lot further and make it feel a lot easier.
0: Um, it definitely can because it just well, I suppose, as we've said before, it just helps you to carry yourself better and you're, you're stronger. So the kind of you see your legs are holding you up, but the muscles around your core, your hips, your glutes, they're the muscles that are actually carrying you and the, I suppose the greater level that they can carry you, then the less stress there is on your legs Mm. and then the less likely you're to have injuries. And so you really do have to work on those muscles and it it can take a bit of time to do it. Now, I also have these exercises here that I've started to do them in the past few years and they would be what you would refer to as drills and things like skipping and um, high knees and Bum kicks, you might have heard some of these hmm. words before. but I have I oh got nine exercises, I think here. and I write them down on a card and I carry them around with me wherever I go, so that you know if I have an easy run and I don't have much else on, then I'll end up in a park that's got a nice bit of level ground and I just take a little bit of time and do these exercises. And I find if you do if you can do these twice a week, for a good few weeks, you actually do notice a difference, but you have to be very consistent and regular with doing these exercises. Mm. Because after you do them the first time, you have to be a little bit careful because, you know, you're using muscles that you haven't used before. You're doing exercises that, you know, sometimes it can take a bit of guidance and a bit of someone to look at you to make sure you're doing the right thing. It can take a bit of, I suppose, working out what does that actually mean? To do it properly, and you know, that's the thing is to do the exercises properly, you'll get the most benefit. And they are things that you know, every now and then you'd see a running class or running group. We i did a few during the summer, we did one down in Kerry, and we did one in Foat Island, close to Cove, which um, train with Trevor, who is a personal trainer in Cove, and that's like uh, that's someone now who. You could probably get to help you as a personal trainer, you know, who is running specific, is somebody who would help you to, you know, learn how to do these exercises properly. Mm. And then you just need a few that will take you about, you know, 20 minutes to do. And if you have a bit of extra time, you tag them on to an easy run.
1: Well, um,
0: I can take a picture of this and I'll push it up it. later. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Let's get the photo of that. I'll pop it up on Patreon where people can hear the full show uh, ad free. And we'll stick it into the Strava group as well. People are, are, are mad keen now, Sonia, to get the uh, running plan that you send me. At I think at first people were like, oh, well, that's your plan, Jar," you But now I'm delighted to say there's loads of people that are following along and observing it too I want to get lashed through a few more questions here some really funny ones just random ones and a couple to finish on form one of the more random ones from Seamus McAteer is does Sonya do a treat night or a cheat day i.e. a bottle or a box of wine, <laughs> uh, Pringles, uh, or, or whatever it is. Like, do you advise that? I remember, who was it? It was Jerry Flannery, the monster legend, who said to me, you got to have a cheat day in there. You just can't go without one a week, or it just feels like misery. Would you go along with that?
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I have plenty of treats. There's always some secret treats hidden away. <laughs> I, I don't know if I mentioned it before, I even, I even had a chocolate safe there at one point. <laughs> what? It's
1: not a safe made out of chocolate,
0: right? <laughs> no, it's a real proper safe. But I used to, because, you know, if I had a nice bar of chocolate, I wouldn't eat the whole thing. Hmm. But if I left it lying around, it would disappear very quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you had a safe with a coat. I'd be
0: happy to share it. I'd be happy to share it, you know, when I'm having it, but <laughs> not not free for all.
1: All <laughs> oh, right, so other people would rob it on profit. you. Sorry, I I thought I you, that I you'd nibble away. Oh at no, it. I was
0: no no, I wasn't locking it away on myself. It was because uh, <laughs> I would be disciplined enough to have a few squares hmm. and then put it away and have another during the week, <laughs> but others may have to. But yeah, no, I have no problem no problem. having treats. And at the moment, at the moment, I'm actually on a um, what do, what do you call it? A mince or a what do you call them? Um, <laughs> mince tart. Is it a mince tart,
1: Men's pie. Why, <laughs> a mince pie. I pie. What <laughs> mince tart? <laughs> I just,
0: I lost the word there for I, a
1: minute. It just, it just wouldn't come out. <laughs> <Men's> tarts, <it laughs> mince tarts just doesn't pie. sound as so, appetising, really.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> I do this every year. I go on, I go around, and I try and find the best mince pies.
1: Oh, and, uh, they are the devil, though. There, I mean, I just so uh, once I they're my Pringles because once I get going at mince pies. I hold off now myself. I'm holding off until I go on podcasters holidays on uh, December 18th. That's what that's when I'm going to have my first one. Simon Moore asks, what about form running up and down hills? We've obviously prescribed a few hill sessions, and I think you're really conscious of your form doing these? I certainly was. And I remember your words ringing in my ears about pumping the legs. Uh, Another Jerry Flannery nugget about pumping the legs when leaning in and pushing it forward and letting that be your focus. What would be your advice to people doing those hills? And Simon makes a good point here. Coming down them is as important about holding yourself correctly, coming down them so that you don't have an accident.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, I would say I think there was somebody in um mentioned there about running up a very steep hill and i think i would say not It it's not really it's not the steeper the better when it comes to running up hills it's good to get a hill that you can actually run up good that you can have a good go at it mm. and it's not a struggle to you know like L-
1: lift your legs yeah
0: it, yeah you have to actually be able to run up to be able to focus on the form and that's one really good place in running to work on your form is running up hills, because the better that you focus on lifting up your legs and really driving and using your arms, then that can really help to make you feel better when you run on the flat. Mm. And um, and we'll have to do another chat one time about some, you know, uh, what do, like circuit training and weights, because that's one area where I always found, you know, if I was starting back after a break. And I wouldn't be in all my regular routine and it'd be really difficult to run up hills. But as soon as I started to do some any kind of strength arm training, like pushups, dips, dumbbell curls, bench press, stuff like that. I could run up the hills much better. Really? So it was like my arms were helping to carry me up the hills. Right. Um so it's definitely worth, you know, considering that. But yeah, hill running is definitely something that helps to improve your form and your efficiency, um, without a doubt. But you know, if the hill has to be I, I don't know, I'm not very good on hill gradients, but you know, I mean you could start off with a gentle slope and then find you know, a a bit steeper, but it doesn't have to be, you know, one that you're breaking your back trying to run up.
1: Well, uh, we have so many to get through. It's We're going to have to call it a day somewhere. But Ian O'Reardon raises a point about a piece that was in the Irish Times in April of this year from that Bill Bowerman, the co-founder of Nike, told his students at the University of Oregon that the hips must be held up and forward. I... I have heard lads mention this up and forward with the hips. And I, I don't even know what they're talking about. I'm like, I get the, like, what are you what are you on about? Up and forward, like running like Mr Bean. I don't know what that's, was that a joke? I, I get the tilt forward. Like, I think if there's one thing I've learned about form since starting this with you, is just that slight tilt to keep the line of your head in line with your chest and your hips actually makes you run faster, no question. But also just lets you feel more balanced. But this hips thing really threw me for a loop. And as I said, it feels like loads of people read that <laughs> Irish Times article. So this question comes from Fergal Burke. What does she rec- what does Sonia reckon about this hip placement issue?
0: Well, I I think that's definitely about carrying yourself better. And like I was thinking about this today. Cause I knew we'd be talking about this and like do you ever drive around in your car and you see people running around and you look at them and you kind of assess their form <laughs> <laughs> yeah you will be now <laughs>
1: yeah no we've all done it we've all had a and good you look
0: ride, <laughs> you can like some people look like they're gliding across the ground and some people look like it's really hard work hmm. and maybe it is but you know maybe they're going maybe they're running too far or too fast for their ability You know there may be lots of reasons why someone looks the way they do Mm. or maybe that's just how they run but you can tell when people are running and i think the hips up and forward is running tall is the thing and it's a bit like if you were a puppet and there was a or a christmas decoration and there was a string coming out of your head and someone is pulling this up so that you know you really feel like you're Pants are pulled up. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Dragging you forward. Gotcha. Yeah. And then I think that's what it is. So then Mm. I think once your pants are pulled up high, then your hips are up and you're just running forward. So I think you have to be conscious of the way you're wearing your shorts when you're out there as well.
1: (laughs) Uh, Maybe (laughs) a a pair of suspenders is an idea. There's no such thing as running suspenders, but it certainly would cultivate that feeling of being pulled up (laughs) by the shoulders. Uh, Sonny, it's been brilliant to talk. It always is brilliant to talk to you. And I think we have got through as many as we can here if you Join us on strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman running abroad. You might be lucky enough to catch Sonia when she's in the group and she'll answer your question directly. Is that a good idea, Sonia?
0: Yeah, I'll go and have a look now and I'll see if there's any in there that I can run through quickly. And I'll also put up my exercises here. Now, the only problem with these exercises is that there'll be terms in here and people will be saying, what is that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, so they're all Googleable, I'm sure. Yeah, I think they probably are, yeah. yeah. And uh, they're all... And they're all fairly easy to describe. The only thing I suppose, it's hard to talk through exercises. It's always nice to have somebody show you. Mm. So, you know, if you actually are in a running group or you have somebody who runs and might know a bit more about, you know, the the fine details of running, if you just ask them, anyone who's ever trained in a club or even with a team will know a lot of these running exercises. Mm. And and you just do it for a short amount of uh, 30 to 50 meters. Um, a short space and they actually get your heart rate up as well which is really surprising because you know people think they have to run further and faster but sometimes these specific exercises they also burn energy and they develop different muscles to help you to, to run better without actually wearing yourself down with the wear and tear of going out there and running what we would have referred to in the past as junk miles. You know, you can maybe use your time a little bit more efficiently by adding in these 10 to 20 minutes of exercises at the end of easy runs.
1: Well, I think we're definitely headed the direction for that episode that you mentioned about weights, weight training, uh, cross training. And uh, I love the mention of the skipping rope as well. It's something that I've always felt has benefits that we were not even aware of. Just getting in a minute of skipping uh, every day, just it just seems to have Uh, an abundance of benefits to the spring in your step. So maybe we'll focus on that another day. I know Peter Stringer is uh, dying to have a chat about that and helping people use what time they have at home in their Uh, around their house to build that kind of thing. So maybe maybe we'll give him a shout one of the days and see what his opinion is. If anybody's watched Peter's Instagram account, it is hilarious. The gym setup that he's got and his commitment to it across lockdown has been inspiring to say the very least. We are only two weeks away from our December 19th Irishman Running Abroad Challenge 5K event. You can sign up easily over at Strava.com or on idonate.ie. I would absolutely love you to join us and take part in the challenge. You set your own target. And that's my favourite thing about this, Sonia, is that because our chosen charity partner is Jigsaw.ie and it's about the mental health of young people and how we don't know what anyone's going through. We have no clue and no one knows what your journey is in terms of your mental health similarly we want to make it so that you set your target when we make those judgments of people as we drive by them we have no clue what a battle it might have been just to get out of the house for that person so let's have you come on do the irishman abroad running challenge 5k on december 19th and set your own goal doesn't have to be 5k if you want to spell out jigsaw over the course of a half marathon, do it and you'll be raising vital funds for this brilliant Irish charity. Where are you going to do yours, Sonia? Have you made a plan yet for what what you're going to do?
0: I haven't actually, no, because this weekend I'm going to Tasmania. I'm actually going on an aeroplane, believe it or not. Oh. And I'm to a race with 2000 people. Oh, lord! So it's, <laughs> it's a big event. So I, I'm going to run ten k there on Sunday, and um, so I haven't actually looked at next week yet, and where I mean, it will a be bit next scary, weekend. Isn't it? Are,
1: are you, How are you feeling about that? A plane and two thousand people. I mean, I mean that just sent a shiver oh, up my spine.
0: But there's no COVID in Australia. Like it's it's eliminated, so it is fine. That's and that's that. Yeah, it is it is pretty much eliminated. Like, you still have to wear your mask when you go into the supermarket. And, Christ, um, I,
1: d- I hadn't kept up with the, the news. I had no idea that that's the state of play. Yeah.
0: Mm. So in, in Victoria, where it was high numbers earlier this summer, the summer in Ireland, the winter here, they now have, I think, about 40 days of no new cases and no new deaths, wow. which is amazing wow. to even think that it's possible.
1: (laughs) Well, we're recording this on the first day that someone has received the vaccine here in the UK and hopefully, Sonia, that's not too far away for all of us. And that the idea of getting the Irishman Running Abroad members to meet up wherever they are to run these 5Ks is not that far away. But for now, thank you so much for this episode. It's been great. Uh, Any questions or anyone who wants to contact the show, it's easy. Irishman Abroad Podcast at gmail is the way to contact me and a reply to every single episode every single email and episode. There'll be responses there. But thanks so much, Sonia. We'll talk to you next week.
0: I look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great week of running.
1: Thank you.